rhythm of life when we cease and we allow our, our, our souls to be refueled. Uh, so in racing, interestingly, during a red flag, the only thing a driver can do is actually take nourishment. <laughs> so, you know, there's just some fun symbolism there. Uh, blue flag, move to the outside lane. Uh, part of the Christian life is understanding we take the emphasis off our own race and we make room for others and we give attention to their race. So, serving and service. This is Charisma Connection on the Charisma Podcast Network. I'm Taylor Berglund, and today I'm honored to have over the phone line Reverend Rob Fuquay. Rob, are you there? I am here. Thank you. How are you doing today? Doing just great. Beautiful, sunny day. Hard to beat. Yeah, definitely. Well, I'm so excited to talk to you today because you're the senior pastor of St. Luke's United Methodist Church in Indianapolis, and you're the author of a really interesting new book called Take the Flag. So I know that you're a fan of racing, and you lead a congregation in like NASCAR country. So what made you start thinking for this book about the spiritual parallels between Christianity and racing? Sure. I always feel a little funny when people say I'm a big race fan because I grew up in the heart of NASCAR in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. But to be honest with you, here's the dirty little secret. I was never a big race fan. What? A big basketball fan, but never a big race fan. So... Um, some years ago, I was uh, serving a church in the mountains in North Carolina. I don't even know what the publication was I was reading, but it uh, it was by one of the chaplains with Motor Racing Outreach, the Christian ministry in NASCAR. And he just talked about uh, the ministry that he does with uh, drivers and uh, individuals and families connected with race teams. And it had something in there about the, the symbolism of the flags that he's used before. And I just kind of tucked it away as an interesting thought, you know, because we had race fans in the church I was serving at the time. But even there in the mountains, a little further away from Charlotte, uh, I wouldn't say it was it was all that big. Well, 2008, I moved to Mooresville, North Carolina, which is known as Race City USA for NASCAR. So many of the teams have their shops and drivers live in that community. And I pulled out that article and I thought, well, this would be fun to do as a series. As I started working on it, the numbers of flags coincided really well with the Sundays in the season of Lent, which leads up to Easter. And then, of course, the checkered flag you would use for Easter Sunday. And, and I just began doing my own work on, on the thoughts behind uh, the flags, the spiritual symbolism that connects to them. And typically, in the season of Lent, we're focusing on what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. What are the characteristics of being a follower? And more and more connection just started happening. So I I did this series there. We did a lot of promotion on it. And, of course, in a community with so many folks connected to racing, it just went over really, really well. That's really awesome. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I, I interrupted you there. Well, uh, so 2011, I moved to Indianapolis. 
And again, this kind of reveals <laughs> my ignorance of racing, where I feel like yeah, it's hard to call me a race fan. I didn't even realize that the flags of all the different racing series are the same. So I'm learning about IndyCar and open-wheel racing up here and think, well, I wonder how that series might go over here. And, of course, uh, it, it went over even better, in fact. Um, so th that was kind of the genesis of, of where the book and the DVD came from. And, of course, in the process of this whole thing, I have become a huge race fan. We had a, a number of drivers in our church in North Carolina. Uh, we've got a number of people connected with racing in the church here. And, you know, it's, it's just made me a big fan of the sport, especially as I've learned more and more about it and the technology that's behind it, the strategy that's involved. And when you get to know drivers personally, you know, it gives you an even greater interest to keep up with how they're doing. And I'm a little bummed that one of our members just missed out on the NASCAR chase this past uh. weekend. Um, but, again, that's, uh, so I can say today I am a fan, <laughs> and that's happened uh, – through the churches I've served. Well, that's really cool. I, I'm very curious then, as you're describing the flags then, can you give for our listeners and, and for me some examples of how those specific flags parallel some of the spiritual sim signals that Absolutely. God gives us? So we think about the green flag that starts the race, and what I've done with that is to talk about what, what begins the race of, of faith in Christianity, and it's that that commitment to Christ as Lord and Savior, and what does that mean? And so it's just, it's just a, a, a fun message to talk about uh, that starting line of faith, and at some point, you know, to really consider ourselves a follower of Christ, we make a decision to take Jesus up at his invitation, follow me. Um, interestingly, Jesus doesn't call people to believe in him. He calls people to follow him. Believing is what happens in the course of simply following. So what does it mean to allow Christ to be the Lord, the director of our lives, and to understand that he's one through whom we discover uh, rescue, you know, one who saves. And, and then we realize that, you know, that green flag comes out multiple times in the race. And in the Christian life, how many times do we find ourselves needing to restart again? Uh, sometimes that's just when faith has grown dull or weak. Sometimes it's when we made mistakes. We need to reclaim the forgiveness that Christ offers. So that's the green flag. The yellow flag, we, we talk about cautions. And uh, in Jesus' own life, his ministry begins going out into the wilderness to begin learning to heed the cautions that would be very much present throughout his ministry. So we talk about temptation. And, and understanding that God gives us cautions in the spiritual life. Red flag is when everything stops. And what's the significance of having ceasing practices in the Christian life? Interestingly, the word Sabbath means to cease. So what does it mean to practice a rhythm of life when we cease and we allow our, our, our souls to be refueled? Uh, so in racing, interestingly, during a red flag, the only thing a driver can do is actually take nourishment. <laughs> so, you know, there's just some fun symbolism there. Uh, blue flag, move to the outside lane. Uh, part of the Christian life is understanding we take the emphasis off our own race, and we make room for others, and we give attention to their race. So serving and service. Uh, the black flag, 
that there are times when we need to leave the race to have things addressed in our lives, and it's called the consultation flag. And, and we, we need to put ourselves under consultation to deal with things that if we don't, it's not only going to wreck our lives, it's probably going to wreck other people's lives. And so that one's a little heavier message. Uh, the white flag, one lap to go, what we do with that is we, we connect the idea of a white flag and other aspects of life with surrender. And in Jesus' last lap of life, his focus was, of course, on surrender. And we talk about what does surrender mean in the spiritual life. And then the checkered flag is about victory. And what does it mean to experience uh, victory in the spiritual life? So you mentioned that these flags, you found that they also correlated pretty well to the Lenten calendar, right? Right, right. How does that work? Well, um, you know, we use Ash Wednesday as a time to give an overview of the series and, and talk about the race of faith, you know, and Paul talks a lot about the, the, the correlation between faith and uh, life as, as a race. I have run the good race. So we just kind of begin it with that idea, and then the first Sunday start with the green flag and then move each week through these themes so that you come to Palm Sunday, the beginning of Holy Week, with the white flag, one lap to go, the significance of surrender, and then, of course, Easter Sunday's the checkered flag. So, you know, typically in Lent, you're thinking about themes where Jesus says, uh, you know, if you would follow me, take up your cross. Well, a great blue flag Sunday. Often in Lent, one of the themes is the temptation story of Jesus in the wilderness. So it ties in really well with, with the uh, yellow flag. And uh, many times scriptures will include stories of Jesus' prayer life and going away to be alone. And so you use the red flag. So those are just some simple ways we've, we've tied it in. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Now, I'm thinking in terms of my own life and how sometimes I know that God is trying to tell me something, but I can't always interpret those signals. I don't know what he wants me to do. And in a race context, you can clearly see the colored flag. But how do we follow and interpret God's signals for our life? Well, each one being a a little bit different, you know, um, meaning sometimes you're not not having to interpret a whole lot. (laughs) The the, the red flag flies and you've got to get off the track. and it's about understanding what are the what are the decisive rhythms you can choose to make. It's not about waiting until there's some flag flown at you to say, um, you know, I need to practice Sabbath. I need to practice some daily routines. And really, it's about thinking about the benefit of that flag and how does it add value to my life and keep me whole as a person. The yellow flag is really one where it's about how do how do I learn to tune into those signals. And so we talk a little bit in that chapter about what it's like to feel uh, God's stirrings, leadings, that uh, I don't think are ever about knowing with all certainty God is telling you to do this exactly. It's about growing in your understanding of how God whispers to the soul. And when you sense that God is saying, you know, this, watch out for this. You know, if it, it, it might be in the middle of a conversation with somebody where you begin to feel God saying, 
mark your next words carefully. <laughs> and the, 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 the fact is, you can race right past that, you know, and pay no attention to it. And then later on go, oh, boy, I, I felt God telling me back off, and I didn't, and wow. Um, or examples where, you know, you think, yeah, uh, I, I just felt this, uh, this gnawing sense inside of me that I need to do something about the, this issue or this matter, and I did. And holy cow, look at how God was at work there. And I didn't know it until I heeded. And sometimes... We really can't see, even when we heed and respond, how God is using it until later on. Uh, but spiritually, it's about tuning in through prayer, through spiritual disciplines, uh, how, God, how God speaks to us. Sometimes those flags come through other people. Uh, so in the black flag, where we talk about consultation, um, that, a lot of that is about sometimes God uses other people to point out things in our lives that we're just not getting. And, you know, when we develop strong spiritual bonds within our own families, within our church family, and we give people uh, a voice of trust and permission, God will use that for us. So the flags can often parallel for us what the Holy Spirit is trying to tell us. Absolutely. Absolutely. And this is, this is what the Holy Spirit does, and it's what Jesus promised. The Holy Spirit is a counselor. And, you know, the, the spiritual life, living in the Spirit, is just simply growing in our awareness of how God speaks to us and guides us. And you've said you've taught this series in your churches and that sort of thing. You've got the book that individuals can look at, and I believe there's also uh, resources that a small group could use to go through this, exactly. right? Exactly, yeah. We, we've developed a small group uh, guide. So just like we've done in our churches here, um, what, we, what we do is use leaders who simply facilitate. They don't have to, like, teach a lot. We give them the questions that go with the messages that they've heard on Sunday that now go with the book that's been written, and they, they just simply guide conversation. So the really awesome thing about the impact this has had in the churches I've served is we use it as an all-church experience. And, and we um, do a lot of preparation to get people to sign up to be in a small group experience for that six-week period leading up to Easter. We recruit leaders who will be facilitators of the group. With the DVD resource that we've produced, it makes it even easier. So a small group would come together, uh, watch the 10-minute DVD, and then the leader just simply starts going through the questions for the group as a whole where they're discussing that topic, relating it personally, uh, even themselves struggling together about, wow, what does it really mean uh, to experience God's direction in this area of life? So that's been a huge success in the churches I've served. Yeah, so if listeners are really interested in checking it out either for themselves or for their group, where can they find the book? RobFuquay.com is uh, the website that the Upper Room has set up to be able to explore the resource. Uh, folks can also go to theupperroom.org and look for the resource on the website there and can find lots of information about it and be led to some of the links that show, um, you know, small group resources, uh, other things, promotional material that's been created, which for us, the real success is the stuff done on the front end 
trying to get the word out in the community. Um, we've done fun things here. We, we, we built, like in Indianapolis, we built into the series just things people connect with the Indy 500. Uh, for instance, a, a big thing at the Indy 500 is jugs, chicken, and biscuits and apple butter. Uh, don't ask me where it comes from. <laughs> <laughs> it's just what you do in Indianapolis. So we had a Sunday where we had jugs, chicken, the uh, uh, biscuits, apple butter, had uh, some uh, racing speakers who were here. Uh, we had an Indy car parked in the entranceway of the church for the entire series, so kids could come on Sunday and climb in the car and have fun. And, of course, we, we kids could never get in it. Their dads were in it the whole time. <laughs> um, but, yeah, just fun promotional things that, you know, the whole point for us, too, is how do we use this as an outreach to draw people into the church that, uh, you know, we might not have otherwise. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. We really appreciate hearing your insight on this topic. Would you mind praying us out? I would be very honored to, and and honored to be a part of the interview. Thank you. Uh, Gracious God, we, we thank you for the gift you've given us in Jesus Christ, and for the understanding, as, as Paul talked about, that uh, the life of faith is in many ways like a race. Not that we're trying to beat out other people, but we're simply trying to be our best and to run well for you. And you guide us in that race. You give us direction for your promise to us is to equip us, to guide us, to help us and enable us in being faithful. And we realize that as we live our best for you, um, we become our best for those around us and for your world. So for all who are listening right now, I pray you'd put it upon their heart to investigate a resource that uh, not only for them, but maybe for the communities they're a part of, that it would help and enable them and extend the great witness of your grace through Christ our Lord. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to Reverend Rob Fuquay on Charisma Connection here on the Charisma Podcast Network. I'm Taylor Berglund, and thanks for joining us. Imagine joining 20,000 other young adults to encounter Jesus together for worship, teachings, and ministry in the power of the Spirit. It's going to happen December 28th through the 31st, when the One Thing 2016 Conference comes to the Kansas City Convention Center, featuring Mike Bickle, Bill Johnson, Todd White, Misty Edwards, Alan Hood, Corey Russell, and Bethel Music's Jonathan David and Melissa Helser, plus extended worship, teaching of the Word, and ministry in the power of the Spirit to see lives changed. Gather to learn and live with abandon and devotion to Christ with speakers Mike Bickle, Bill Johnson, and Todd White. One Thing 2016 will be an amazing time to encounter Jesus. Ticket information is at ihopkc.org slash one thing 2016. That's ihopkc.org slash one thing 2016. And now back to our show. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible.